This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Mental Health Moments, hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. This podcast, in my view, is designed to share the stories and experiences that many people have and delve into what mental health means to various people and the impact it has on various people. Now, we're switching things up a little bit because we've been talking to people about their personal experiences, but I've yet to touch on the resources and organizations that are out there for Canadians. So with that said, I am grateful to be joined by Ed Mantler, the Vice President of Programs and Priorities for the Mental Health Commission of Canada. Thank you for joining me, Ed. Thank you, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, right out of the gate, what for anyone that isn't aware, what is the Mental Health Commission of Canada and uh, what's kind of the mandate of your organization? The Mental Health Commission of Canada is a pan-Canadian healthcare organization. We're funded by Health Canada. And our mandate is to mobilize uh, knowledge, information, and innovation as a catalyst for improving the mental health system and for changing the attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors around uh, of, of Canadians around mental health issues. Okay, and you you talked about what the commission does for people, and one of those things is a, a program that I was absolutely fascinated about as soon as your colleague told me it existed. Uh, it's the Mental Health First Aid Program. So what exactly is that and uh, how did it get started? Sure. Mental Health, uh, mental health First Aid is actually a worldwide phenomenon. And uh, the Mental Health Commission of Canada is the Canadian provider of Mental Health First Aid as one of a suite of training programs. Uh, the second largest component of that suite, a program called The Working Mind. So Mental Health First Aid uh, provide like physical first aid, you know, um, physical first aid might teach you how to recognize that someone has a broken arm and know how to deal with that until help arrives. Mental health first aid can teach you to recognize and help someone around you who's experiencing a mental health difficulty or crisis, know how to respond and know how to stabilize that situation until it passes or until uh, professional help can be engaged. Our second training program, The Working Mind, uh, is complementary to that in that it, uh, it teaches skills for self-assessment and teaches important coping strategies. So mental health first aid is about helping others, helping those around you, and The Working Mind, uh, helping yourself and caring for yourself. Now, both of those programs sound very useful, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, but kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, there, there's things like Let's Talk Day and mental health awareness and, and so on. Do you think that between the programs that you offer in other organizations and these ideas of having days where we destigmatize mental health, do you think that we're kind of rounding a corner and making it a lot more comfortable for people to speak openly about their mental health or is there still work to be done there? Well, you know, stigma is a foundational and a fundamental concept. Stigma being those those attitudes and negative beliefs about mental health and mental illness that that uh, lead us to um, interacting in, in, with uh, people experiencing mental health problems in a way that's really discrimination. 
And in fact, people that I've spoken to um, who've had that experience say that the stigma and discrimination is actually worse than the symptoms of their, their mental health problems themselves. So reducing stigma was, was foundational to the inception of the Mental Health Commission more than a decade ago. All of these programs, uh, you know, uh, Bell Let's Talk, other awareness programs are, are so important in raising awareness and igniting that conversation about mental health and mental illness, a healthy conversation. And, you know, we can see around us that mental health is part of the conversation more than ever before. These training programs also uh, shine a light on stigma. They're, they've been shown to reduce stigma, to reduce um, the attitudes and behaviors that lead to discrimination. And that's so important because stigma is actually a barrier to people seeking the help that they need early on when it can be most uh, most effective. Well, and I, I appreciate that you said that because I know in my own personal experiences with mental health, there have been moments when I'm experiencing a pretty heavy bout of anxiety or, or depression, what, whatever the situation might be. And it's genuinely gone through my head. I don't know if I want to talk to anyone about this because they'll just tell me to man up or that I'm overreacting or any number of things that, in my opinion, diminish how I was feeling in that moment and essentially making me feel like I was crazy, for lack of a better word, for feeling the things that I was feeling. So I am so happy that we're having this conversation and, and emphasizing the importance of destigmatizing mental health. Absolutely. Your, your experience in that um, reluctance to share what's happening to you for those very reasons is far, far too common. Now, um, with your mental health first aid, I, um, I saw a press release that your organization put out that you've recently crossed half a million people that you've trained through the program. That must be very exciting for you. That is very exciting. Half a million is uh, a fantastic milestone but it's only the beginning and it's not enough. We need more. Canada needs more mental health first aiders um, out there with one in five Canadians experiencing a mental health problem or illness in any given year. And in fact, by the time you reach my age, it's one out of every two of us uh, have experienced or are experiencing a mental health problem. The support from those around us, be they colleagues, family, friends, bystanders, is, uh, is just so important. So we need more when we consider that there are 16 million uh, physical first aiders, uh, 500,000 Canadians, a fantastic milestone, but only the beginning. And uh, with that, I, I hear that you had a very special guest to help you kind of celebrate that. So you had Great Big C's own Sean McCann help you celebrate that occasion? Sean McCann, he's a great entertainer and he's uh, He's a great storyteller and uh, tells his own personal story of his journey with, with uh, mental health throughout his career and a very strong advocate for uh, mental health in Canada. In fact, was recognized and honoured this year for his, his uh, mental health advocacy with an Order of Canada. That is fantastic stuff. Now, uh, we've spoken a little bit about um, the need for more people to be mental health uh, first aid trained and that need. But I, I wanted to ask you on a personal level, what does this milestone of half a million Canadians being trained in this program you're involved in, what does that mean to you, Ed, the person? Well, that, that means that uh, 
that our efforts are worthwhile, that uh, um, the, the work of the commission is, uh, is making a difference. I mean, the, the course is in demand, so that 500 has been surpassed now, and, and I'm confident that we will quickly be at a million, which shows that, uh, that there's a recognition of the need for people to build up their own skill sets about how to support themselves and others around them, there's an interest in learning more, and that's part of the, the broader conversation about mental health and mental illness that, that uh, you know, part of our everyday discussions now as Canadians. I was a bit disheartened over the summer when we were unable to provide training due to public health restrictions associated with COVID because it's typically a face-to-face -face course, but our team took that time to develop uh, a new and improved uh, version of mental health first aid. So it took the opportunity um, to really enhance with the latest, latest knowledge that's available to us from worldwide, but specifically designed the course in a way to be delivered through a combination of self-directed online learning and then an interactive uh, group experience facilitated over a video conferencing platform. So that new uh, an improved methodology for providing mental health first aid training um, is, is, has not only already been proven effective, but really opens the door for many Canadians who perhaps were interested but just had difficulty scheduling themselves into a two-day face-to-face course. It's much more accessible now. Well, and I, I think that is something that will hopefully inspire more Canadians to get involved because the reality is, a lot of people are uncomfortable with face-to-face -face interactions now because of uh, the pandemic. And for, and I'm speaking from my own experience here. I know that when I'm having a mental health uh, episode, the, uh, the mindful program that you offer is something that if I can learn that in a way that I feel safe, if I can learn that in a way that's going to be beneficial to myself as well as the people around me, I'm absolutely going to be telling people about it. So it's it's fantastic that your organization has kind of shifted to allow and accommodate to the uh, COVID-safe protocols, for sure. Yes, uh, we're very pleased about that. And, you know, as as the restrictions lessen, the, the regular uh, two-day face-to-face training methodology is still there for people who prefer to come together for a longer period of time. But this just gives another option. Now, uh, before I let you go, I've got a bit of a tradition on this podcast. I've asked all my guests, and I'll ask you as well. I'm going to ask you to take off your vice president hat for a minute and just put on your human being hat. If there's someone out there listening that might be struggling right now, what would you want to tell them? What would you want them to know right now? Speak to someone. Don't stay alone. Do not suffer in silence. I've heard so many stories. Of, of people who suffered in silence for literally decades before uh, speaking to someone else, getting the support they needed, getting the help that they needed. Suffering alone is not the answer. Sorry, you said you've heard of people that were suffering for decades without uh, speaking to anyone about it? Absolutely. So um, remember that I said uh, by my age, you know, over the age of 40, about half of us, have experienced a mental health problem or illness or continue to do so, if you speak to those adults, most of them will tell you that their symptoms actually started during their teenage years 
or you know before their mid 20s so those symptoms start early less than half were willing to tell anyone at that time about the problems they were having even if they told a parent less than half of parents tell us that they would be willing to you know speak out and and uh, seek help for their children so many of those people um, have kind of come out in their 30s 40s even 50s for the first time to say you know I've, I've been experiencing this depression this debilitating anxiety for decades uh, keeping it below the surface keeping it hidden wearing a mask and just then, decades later, looking for help for the first time. Now, if anyone wants to know more about the Mental Health Commission of Canada or any of the programs you offer, where do they go? How do they, how do they find that? Please visit our website, which is mentalhealthcommission.ca. And when you get there, please look at the resource hubs because there are um, some resource hubs there that have been developed specifically related to COVID and they contain just a wealth of, uh, of documents, tips, tools, fact sheets, many of them simple one-pagers on specific topics that are related to promoting one's own mental health, protecting one's own mental health, or, or the mental health of those around us um, in a general sense, but many specifically tailored to COVID. Uh, just recently, within the last week, some, some resource materials and tip sheets have been added on uh, how to face winter in the era of potentially being in a lockdown and how to protect, protect uh, one's mental health in that situation. Tip sheets on uh, uh, working from home, on returning to work in, in the workplace when that's feasible, and, and uh, tip sheets for ourselves, for our families, as well as many for employers who are supporting their, their staff, their employees, through uh, the, just the, the incredible impact that the pandemic has had on our workplaces and workforce. So please visit the website. There's really a wealth of information there that's been developed over the last several months and longer or curated from some of the best sources around the world. Thank you very much, Ed. Uh, just one more time, what's that website? Mentalhealthcommission.ca. Perfect. Thank you very much, Ed. I appreciate this. It's been wonderful talking to you. You as well. Thanks, Bill. If you would like to be a guest on the show or you just want to share your story, either publicly or anonymously, you can contact me at phil at 1059theregion.com or you can reach out to info at 1059theregion.com. Until then, I close with You Are Loved. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 1059 The Region. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. Shit chat. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, no. Episode, yeah, 29 or whatever, but who's counting? Who cares? No, not even us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I heard it snowed or whatever the other day. It's been coming and going. I was driving to work one day, and it was the day it was, the day it was coming down good, right? Like the first real snowfall. Just of, a hefty one. Eh? Yeah, the first one of the season. And, like, it's so heavy coming down, like, you can't see, okay? Like, the car's going, and, you know, everyone, we're on the 401, right? I'm going to work. It's snowing like Jesus. Uh, you know, you're, everyone's slowing down. It's all like that, too. And then you see Meathead plowing through, right? Like, everyone's doing less than 100. 120 down into the express, 
Like, what are you doing? But he's probably got winter tires, and he's like, ah, ah, this doesn't affect me. I got winter tires. No one can see. Place, guys, be careful. Put on your snow tires. Dude, basically like a pandemic in the winter. Do the right thing. Wear your mask. Stay six feet apart. Well, put on your snow tires. Take it easy. Not too much to ask, really, right? Keep your distance between other vehicles, and uh, and safety will come to you. You have to think smart. That's stupid. Speaking of weather, Cal. Oh, did you know? Oh, in the winter of 1971-72, Revelstoke, British Columbia, saw over 24 meters of snow. Meters, meters. of snow. For for those of you who measure in imperial, a meter is about three and a half feet. That's like a couple and stories. A little bit here. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like height height of a house or whatever. That's ridiculous. And that's BC. Where was that that's in BC? Canada. That's quite a that's bit. That's like that's where no one here actually Canada in that region of Canada. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, imagine imagine shoveling that. What I, when I saw this idea, sorry, this uh, did you know right off the bat? The first thing I thought was, you know, your parents always say, "Oh, I had to climb up the hill both ways in the winter to get to it school." It was probably parents that lived in British Columbia in '71 and '72. That's where that originated. It's probably just like, oh yeah, just they probably just opened the door and just like, snow. <laughs> yeah, basically, I think schools closed at that point. Nick, did you know in 2007, Scotland spent 125,000 euros? To come up with a new national slogan. Do you know what the slogan is, Cal? Yes. Oh, great. Let's hear it. The slogan they came up with for 125,000 euros was Welcome to Scotland. They paid good money for that. And uh, it's original. We'll give them that. It's good. That like European it. currency is pretty, like, it's a lot more uh, heftier than the Canadian currency, isn't it? Like, I it's think everything's, worth more. I think everything's worth more than the Canadian loony at this <laughs> point. <laughs> that's a lot of money for that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's okay. I'm sure, you know, Welcome to Scotland is on every damn poster out there with all the money they spent on that. Well, imagine the guy that started I'm Loving It for McDonald's. Like, that guy made a pretty penny. Wasn't that the... Probably more Ju- than 11... Wasn't that Justin Timberlake? Was it? Or was he the one who just made the jingle? Probably that. Yeah, yeah, he definitely made that. I don't know if he did the Emla. I think it was the whole thing. Anyway, okay. hey, if you didn't know that, no. if you, there's an if, extra. If did you, you know care for you, if you care enough, go ahead and Google it. Uh, Justin Timberlake, like uh, ba 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 ba. Just Google it. Just Google it. Cal, did you know? Ooh, on this day in 1967, the first ever human heart transplant was attempted with success. Oh, yeah, dude. They, they they won on their first try? It worked, but unfortunately, Uh-oh. the drugs that kept the man's body from rejecting the heart that he was given, uh, it also left him susceptible. susceptible susce- what's the word I'm looking susceptible, susceptible. Thank you. Yeah. To sickness. So he died 18 days later. 18. And that was in what year? Uh, 67. 1967. 67. That's pretty early uh, for changing hearts. Uh, good on them. This was before surgical equipment was ever brought to the world. They were using their fingers. This was this was just after they stopped using ants to sew up people's wounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on to something here. Yeah, yeah no, that's a shame, though. Uh, he had a good heart, at least. Okay, so did you know a wildlife technician calculated how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Came out to be about 700 pounds of wood chucking. 
You know, I've always kind of wanted to know how much wood that woodchuck could chuck wood. Everyone wants to know, right? And this guy, this he was he had to know, and he found out seven hundred pounds. About seven hundred pounds. The only question I have to this one is, what's a woodchuck? Is that like a beaver? I don't. Like, what's a woodchuck? Is that a mammal? I didn't even know that was an actual. Like, if you show me a picture, that's the first time I've ever seen a woodchuck. I'd say it's probably a mix. Or is it even? Is it even an animal? I don't even know. Is that a machine? Is a woodchuck a machine? I have no idea. I think that's it for chit chat. This that's week. it. We still, <laughs> we still got a musical act for you. Oh, we end. got a song. I'm excited for this one. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. That's not the song. That's not the song. It's I miss you by Blink One Eight Two. Miss you. Right here on chit chat. Don't waste your time on me, you're already the voice inside. 
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.